0: Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Hope Podcast. My name is Lena Abijamra, and I'm your host. I love the Hope Podcast. It is our chance to focus on God and all He's doing in our life and to be renewed in hope. We are doing a special edition series called the Leadership Edition of the Hope Podcast, and we've got uh, several weeks here together on this topic that I believe and hope will be very useful for you. Uh, We've already established that every one of us has a leader in there somewhere, but many of you are in actual leader position, and... Uh, are looking for material to help you become all that God wants you to be. Uh, that's the page we want to be on. We are in God's Word to do that, and we are looking uh, to Jesus as our prime example of the greatest leader of all time. So uh, with that in mind, we can't really lose. I mean, it's a win-win, no matter how you look at it. So uh, today, we're going to look at three mistakes that leaders make. We'll get personal in a minute. I'm going to tell you some of the mistakes that I've made, and uh, I know, I know, we're going to have to be here all day with that in mind, but... Uh, We'll try to summarize in the next few minutes some of the major highlights uh, of failure that I've had, Uh, but regardless of that, I I do want to give you some principles that I believe will be useful for you in, in your life. Uh, incidentally, if you like this podcast, we'd love for you to leave a review on iTunes. Just go to the Hope podcast and leave a review. And we'd love it if you shared it with your friends. If you've got leader friends or friends who are looking for material that will fix their eyes back on the things that matter the most, uh, we believe this podcast will be helpful to them. So, uh, check out, uh, that and so much more at livingwithpower.org. Uh, We've got uh, some pretty awesome resources for you to take advantage of. Now, uh, for today, I'm going to focus on Matthew chapter 14, and I'm going to read you a few verses. This is the famous story of the feeding of the 5,000, and granted, uh, Jesus doesn't make any mistakes ever, so we can't really look at him as an example of a person who made mistakes, but uh, I'm going to look at a circumstance where the disciples had an opportunity, uh, and they failed, or they almost failed. They didn't see the opportunity. Uh, By God's grace, uh, he... Turn their faces back uh, to what was right before them, which was the Savior. So we're going to sort of draw some applications from there, but really using that passage as a backdrop, uh, the disciples, much like us, um, sitting in the presence of Jesus, staring at the face of Jesus and missing the magnitude of all Jesus uh, could be doing on their behalf. But uh, by God's grace, the story ends uh, with a miracle. And that's what I pray for all of us. So let me let me just go ahead and read you some of those verses in Matthew 14, Verses 13. uh, It says, Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we have only five loaves here and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Now, if you know the Bible, you know the rest of the story. He orders them to sit down in rows and he looks up to heaven, gives thanks. Then he breaks the loaves and gives the disciples who then give the people. And uh, verse 20 says, they all ate and were satisfied. They took up leftovers, and uh, and here we have the story of the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, which is one of my favorite miracles in Scripture. Um, It's pretty awesome to think that um, they almost missed it. Uh, We almost missed it. Uh, because they were so rushed to go to the next place, they missed what was right before them. And you could say that in and of itself is a mistake, but uh, I I think there's a little bit more that I want to bring out in terms of general mistakes that leaders make. I started by thinking of three general things, and honestly, I felt compelled as, as I put together the notes for this episode to think a little bit more personally and to share with you guys my three biggest mistakes that I see at this point. I'm maybe midway through. I'm 47. I've uh, launched this ministry back when I was in my late 20s in the early year 2000, 2001 uh, was when God called me to ministry and we launched Living with Power maybe in the late 2009, 10, something like that. And so here we are now 10, 15 years later and I've learned some things. I've made some mistakes. But before we get to some of my lessons, which I believe are uh, applicable to all of us, uh, just sort of big picture stuff um, um, here. Actually, you know what? Forget it. We're not going to do big picture stuff. I'm just going to tell you uh, three of the biggest mistakes that I have made uh, because I think it, um, I know that. I know those mistakes and I can speak to them well. So here's the first, uh, the biggest mistake. One of the three biggest mistakes I've done is I let my insecurities lead me to a place of defeat instead of a place of of dependence, okay? I let my insecurities lead me into a place of defeat instead of into a place of dependence. We all have insecurities. We look at what we have and we see uh, five loaves and two fish. We see not enough we see man we're never gonna get this done we see all of our failures all of our insecurities all of our insufficiencies inadequacies you know we're always unqualified on whatever you want to fill in the blanks and uh and and instead of letting it spur us to look to jesus and find the answer uh, what it often does what i found in my life it does is it often leads me to a place of defeat and despair I go, we don't have enough to I can't do this to I can't believe God wants me to do this to I'm quitting or I'm just not going to even try. And uh, and when that happens, I get in a place where I no longer see people as 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 worth loving. So here Jesus looks at the crowd and he has compassion on them. The disciples look at the crowds and they are annoyed by them. And if you are in a leadership place where Uh, you have insecurities, you have not enoughs in your life, then chances are that people have become a burden to you instead of being uh, your um, uh, people that need to be loved and and people that you've been called to serve. Uh, In fact, I wrote this down. People are not tools to get you where you want to go, but they are the whole purpose of your leadership, okay? That's why we're in leadership. It's because of the people, the hungry, the hurting, the needy the regular, the winners, whatever, all kinds of people. Uh, God calls us to leadership positions, to love them and not to use them to accomplish my goals, but to be used by God to accomplish his goals in the lives of people. So um, are you in a place where uh, your projects and your goals are more important than people? It may be. Uh, that uh, the more insecure you feel, uh, you're either going to go to a place of defeat, which is what I usually do, or to a place of working harder, trying more, and then... uh becoming bitter and resentful of people with needs because they're sucking the life out of you, a life that you don't even feel you have because you're so focused on the not enough. How do I know? Well, because I live, I've live i lived there. I was gonna say I live there, but by God's grace, I'm learning and growing and and, and and becoming dependent. Brokenness, remember, is a holy handicap, a place of dependence, leadership as an identity. We've talked about those things. This is critical. So if you are prone to insecurities, don't let it lead you to a place of defeat. Instead, look to Jesus. He takes the five loaves, the two fish, and he feeds 5,000. You've got a miracle there. This is awesome. Here's another mistake I've made. This one is is really, really good. I'm telling you. Uh, I wish I could just imprint that in my mind. I let my sense of God's timing cloud my sense of God's goodness. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it three times. I let my sense of God's timing cloud. I've let my sense of God's timing cloud my sense of God's goodness. First of all, let's get this straight. God's timing is always perfect. We all know that. In hindsight, when we look at our lives, we all see it. But in it, when you're waiting for something, like everybody in Scripture, we doubt and we wonder and we want to fix it. And we have our, our Ishmael moments and our Hagar moments. And then we look back and I did not done that. And, and 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 that sense of, God, you're not showing up in time for me. Clouds my thought and belief and conviction of God's goodness in my life. I know it's happened to you, and it can happen subtly. You can be in denial at first, but you find yourself, the more you find yourself in this place of delay, in this place of not knowing, is God going to answer? Again, it's a instead of turning to Him in dependence and seeing His goodness in those seasons, I have let this is a mistake I've made. I've let my sense of God's timing, which I've resented. In the past, in my life, I've let it cloud my sense of God's goodness. And that is uh, something I've had to um, admit and confess. And now um, I ask God to give me fresh vision and the regular ability to see God for who He is, not for. Uh, through the lies that Satan has shoved down my throat or through the haze of what I want, my schedule, my idols, my desires, my kingdom. It's always either about my kingdom or God's kingdom. And uh, uh, usually when we resent God's timing, it's because we want my kingdom, not God's kingdom. And when we question God's goodness, it's because we want my kingdom, not God's good kingdom. So you see how this plays out in every area of life. And so uh, leaders, uh, be careful. First of all, your insecurities are an asset leading you to dependence. Secondly, God's timing is perfect. Don't ever question God's goodness in those times when you're not sure if he's at work. He is at work even when you don't see it or feel it. And thirdly, third mistake that I've made as a leader, I have let my longing for impact limit my ability to see clearly. You ever find yourself blinded by your longings? You want something so bad, it could even be a good thing, but when you become so focused and fixated on that which you want. And I think impact is at the heart of leadership. One of the definitions we mentioned about leadership early on was this idea that it is is the ability to Uh, push people to achieve their goal you know it's a good thing you want people to follow Jesus if you're a Christian leader you're pouring your life into uh, helping others come to know the Lord or grow in their walk with the Lord and so but we can get so sidetracked with this idol of impact am I making a difference or am I growing in followers and that longing for impact can limit my ability to see clearly and so I reach wrong conclusions I question God's goodness I start taking my cues from the culture. And so every time in my life that I've been in this place where I long for impact, I don't see it happening either because God's timing is is not now or... Because I'm just in a growth process. Sometimes it's not even about God's delays. It's about we need to just grow. There's a life cycle to every work that we do. And it takes time for things to unfold. But but when, when we get pressed like that, what I've tended to do is to get my cues from the culture instead of from God's word. And so all of a sudden, I'm in every self-help book, business book, you name it. There's a podcast, I'll listen to it. If there's a book, I'll read it. Now, you might be like, well, that's awesome. It's good to learn these things. Maybe. But when you're learning from the world strategies that are supposed to be foolproof, you know, you pay thousands of dollars to go to seminars and then you come home and integrate them and you don't get the results that you want. And now you fall into more defeat and despair, question God's goodness even more, and you can see nothing anymore. Uh, I have spent way too much time on that roller coaster. And I said, or the Lord said to me one day, enough, get off that roller coaster. So uh, I have, by God's grace, and I've done it kicking and screaming at first, but now I thank the Lord for uh, removing the haze over my vision so that I can see clearly. And impact is God's business. My business is faithfulness. My business is obedience. My business is brokenness. My business is uncommon communion. My business is to give him the five loaves and the two fish and not to shove people away, but to bring them to him. Even when I don't feel like I have enough uh, to provide for them. I don't have to provide for them. He provides. I'm just the instrument, the bridge, the tool. Uh, so leaders, when we get our cues from the culture, we can compromise our convictions for the sake of our growth, popularity, comfort, impact, influence, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that is um, uh, that is a downward uh, trend that is not going to lead anywhere good. So you're uh, the more, strategies you try to implement the more burnt out and exhausted you're going to feel and ultimately if it's not God's timing for you to bear that fruit yet it's not going to come on that tree and so you can kill yourself trying to make something happen and sometimes if it does happen humanly speaking you'll regret it later and so if you're like me and you really want to make a difference for the kingdom uh, you might have to question and ask God to show you reveal your motives to you uh, throughout those seasons when I have wanted impact honestly I felt like my motives have been pure of I've told the Lord, God, I don't want it for me. I want it for you. And yet you, you say, how do you know for sure your motives are right? Well, how do you respond when God doesn't answer? If you respond in bitterness and in frustration and in resentfulness and in isolating yourself from God and, and being mad without, you know you know what I mean. You, you Instead of running to God, you start questioning him. Well, then you're not really surrendered in that area. It does matter to you. And, uh, and God is committed to making us... Um, Holy, we're going to get into that in the next couple of weeks. So um, let's focus on the heart. Let's focus on uncommon communion. Uh, let's not, uh, th- I love this. Let's focus on the on the um, depth of our ministry and, and let God worry about the breadth of the ministry. You focus on the depth and God will take care of the breadth. Okay, that's a good little tweetable. Uh, so there you have it. Three mistakes that I've made in leadership, uh, very much like the disciples, instead of seeing the crowds and loving them and being compassionate and coming to God with my not enough and, and seeing him do this miracle. Instead, I am exactly like them and I have a hunch you are too. Uh, I become resentful of people. I forget that they are there not to get me to where I want to be, but to uh, uh to Uh, see God use me to get them where he wants them to be. That is what a leader is. We are used by God to get people to where they should be. And so three mistakes I've done. I've let my insecurities lead to defeat instead of dependence. I've let my sense of God's timing cloud my sense of God's goodness and I've let my longing for impact limit my ability to see clearly. Hey, what are some of the big mistakes you've made in leadership? It takes time to sit and think about those things. I think it's an important exercise. Whether you've been a leader for a day or for a decade, I urge you to take some time, get a journal out, and summarize some of the two or three big mistakes that you see that you've made in the last months or years of your leadership. Uh, So much to learn, so much insight to be had if we would just take the time to process what God is doing in our lives. So, leaders, let's do it. Uh, If you have found this uh, podcast to be helpful, again, please share it with your friends. Tweet it, Facebook it, do whatever you do with those things. Leave us a comment. Send me an email, Lena at livingwithpower.org. Listen, you don't have to do all those things. I'm overwhelmed thinking about it. Pick one thing and do it, even if it just means press the like button. Uh, But more than anything, um, take time out and ask God to impress upon your heart one or two things that he's trying to teach you this week. Uh, Learn from your mistakes. And uh, if you need more material, looking for more free material that will help you draw closer to God and live with power, go to livingwithpower.org. Hey, we would love to be able to provide you that which you need to have a closer walk with Jesus. We love you. We are praying for you. And uh, we'll see each other again next time.